Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people. Dave Fitzsimmons here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, as always, I am joined by the main man, Mr. Christo Greer. What's up, everyone? Yeah, this is another special episode. Uh, if you only like the regular episodes, I'm sorry. Uh, we've been a little self-indulgent of late. That's fair. This is an album that we uh, both have a special place now mm. for. Uh, we decided it was worthy of a uh, of a special episode, particularly as probably uh, it's not something that loads and loads of podcasts would cover. So, Mr. Chris Greer, what is it? We are doing censors debut album stacked up oh yes yeah. oh and, yes yeah obviously we like you say this is a special one we're doing it even though it didn't get to number one yeah um but it did get to number four which is mad actually really mad that yeah, is crazy yeah, yeah. because even if you if you look at the singles that they released and they released four singles but five songs one was a double a side so the four actual single releases mm-hmm. first one didn't chart at all nope and none of the other ones got higher than number 39 in the charts but what they did do and it's the point where mm-hmm. I came into them is they sat and got played in indie clubs across the country week in, week out. Absolutely, they did, yeah. So tell me how you found out about Sensor. My first thing, I saw, it was on the chart show, um, mm-hmm. one of the Saturday morning chart shows, whenever they did the indie chart, which is yeah. always a treat. You know, yeah. sometimes they you go, what's it going to be? It's, oh, it's the dance chart, can't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rock the, chart. Rock chart was always fun. Um, but yeah, they did the indie chart and Sensor because they were on Ultimate uh, at the time, so it's indie. I mean, that's the other thing about the indie chart. Sometimes it'd be, number one, Erasure, because it was on mute. Yeah. And you're like, no, this isn't the pop charts. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Sensor were a big noise on that. They, they, they sold really well in the indie charts. Yeah. Um, and their first single... Eject went to number one in the indie chart. So yeah. it, was, it was a big deal. And so I saw him there and I just went, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is amazing. Uh, it was just literally instantly blew me away. I, you know, I still have a recording of the video. Uh, I, I taped you? off TV, you know, wow. you know, whenever it was hard to find stuff. And so I ha- had a videotape, which was just like for music. And I yeah. would have it, if, if I was watching The Word or watching the chart show, I'd have it ready to go in case something came on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, whenever Sensor came on. So, I had one wow. of those as well. I had yeah. like a NWA video on there. I had the Absolutely. Justify My Love video on there. Well, well mm, the, yep. the often pause Justify <laughs> My Love video. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I mean, I, I didn't see it on the chart show. My mm-hmm. The first time I ever saw it, the first time I ever went to... The club, which is ironically called the Switch Club Absolutely, in yes. Luton. Yes, yes. First time I walked into this club, uh, yeah, I kind of discovered all the good stuff about being in an early 90s, dirty, grotty indie club. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard like Credit to the Nation. Of course, uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. the all Nirvana that. riff, and that yeah, kind of everyone, blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. But I kind of, even then, was like, okay, this is a gimmick. Sure. But then, yeah, someone played Eject, and Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I remember being like, what's this? What? And someone said, oh, it's Sensor. Right. And just trying to find this song for 
ages couldn't find it because mm. once stuff was out of the charts in singles back in the day yeah that's you just kind of couldn't find that. it yeah and yeah and i just just loved it and every time it came on i would dance my ass off and it's one of those songs i kind of got to know the lyrics of this song mm. from only ever hearing it like once a week in a club oh, club, oh you have to pick it up i mean i suspect you know, with a lot of these songs um the, especially the singles, especially where I was hearing it in clubs, I know the lyrics. I say I know ninety percent of the lyrics. Yeah, and um, the other ten percent are absolute mumbling. Oh yeah, I mean the thing is, is Haytham has got a lot of lyrics. He really does, as we will find out through all of this. Yes, um, indeed. I mean the thing is as well at that time. So the um, the first single came out in April of ninety three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album didn't come out until May of nineteen ninety four. So there's a couple of singles in the run up, and then they did the album, and in that time. They uh, kind of they, they were doing the touring circuit. Mm-hmm. They were playing festivals. They played, but well, in fact, they played Glastonbury in '92. First of all, um, which apparently got them quite a bit of attention. They also toured with the Osric Tentacles at that time. Yep. Then they played Reading in 1993. Mm-hmm. And so that was after the first single came out, and already they were labelled as special guests. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, they, they only had like that one single, but they were already special guest censor uh, in between Credits of the Nation and Swerve Driver. So they're, not, they're that sort of level, fine. Sure. Uh, but by 1994, they were playing the Reading main stage halfway through the day yeah. uh, between Afghan Wigs and Rollins Band. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a pretty firm ascension going on with the band. People were very interested in them. They got a load of good press, and they toured relentlessly. They did a load of those shows. They were an exciting live band, so they people were. really were into them. They certainly were. So let's start, as we always do, mm-hmm. with uh, the album cover. Album cover, okay. I've got the, the double vinyl, and it is uh, so stacked up there. It is... I mean, I think it's a bit of a rubbish cover. I, I do. It's, it's like a hand of an X-ray. You've got mm-hmm. some barbed wire along the top, yeah. some... Kind of clouds, I guess. Smoke, I don't know. Yeah. I've I've never really been entirely sure on what they're no. trying to say. Obviously, there's a you know, there's some psychedelic uh, stuff that runs through yeah, some true. of the lyrics. Yeah. There's you know, kind of political polemic in there. As an image, it's it's not uninteresting per se, but <laughs> I just don't think it's necessarily as strong. You got the you got the eject twelve inch there, yes. which is kind of a lot more kind of street arty, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, more I mean, graffiti style, yeah. And again, maybe that's aged a little bit more, but you know, I I, I prefer the style of that. For Fair example. enough. Yeah, no, the, the the front cover of the album it looks to me like there are five different ideas going on, and they've just kind of gone. Well, we're we're going to do that, um, but it also looks a bit amateurly done. It looks very well, yeah. Un-achy. I mean, it's like some some stuff there, like you know the like the logo. Just if you look at the color choices, you've got that kind of dark red on that dark blue. The, mm. the, the logo doesn't really pop out very well. That barbed wire that they've done almost in clip art style. Yeah, it looks like the, someone's fucked that up. And got it looks like it's, someone's got a henna tattoo do. on their album cover. It does, it does, yeah. But and also the, the the thing that does kind of fuck it up a little bit more is the. The font that they used to say stacked up in is pretty much the one that they ended up using in that uh you wouldn't you wouldn't steal a house. <laughs> You wouldn't download a handbag. Yeah, so it gives it a little bit of a kind of pirate D- <laughs> anti pirate right, yeah. DVD kind of. My favourite thing about those adverts is mm. that when you bought a pirate DVD, uh, like from some dodgy yeah. bloke, that they generally still have that advert yeah, sure, on well, it. Yeah. Anyway, right, edit it out. Um, also, just for anyone who doesn't really know censor, I mean, first of all, you probably wouldn't be listening to this episode if you don't. Censor, uh, they were like a seven piece band. Yes. Okay, and so they started. Back in like eighty seven, eighty eight, um, as a smaller sort of collective, 
um, and expanded out. They got new members and new members, and they changed their style as that went on. Uh, because back in the late 80s, I think they were more... Like I say, they supported Osric Tentacles. Yeah. Right? I think they were more sort of that. They were playing a lot of squat parties. They were doing the free festivals, uh, a lot of protest stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel that kind of that new age kind of festival yeah. kind of dubby influence there. So obviously, you know, I mean, I, I understand that. I was, you know, I was I was a lot of free parties around yeah, sure. the kind of early 90s, mid 90s. And that was, there was a lot of fun uh, in that thing. But then obviously they got, the new lead singer, well, it, they but, brought a singer in, Haytham, well, Haytham Al Said. Exactly. He joined in 1991, um, and he joined uh, initially just as their percussionist, mm-hmm. but he wanted to do more of the rapping stuff. Yeah. And the previous main vocalist, who's Kirsten, the woman, uh, Kirsten Haig, yeah. uh, she was all fine with that. She was like, yes, this is a good idea. This is going to work. It adds another dimension. And so they expanded their kind of, their breadth of mm-hmm. what they were about. And, feels like it did become that Haytham was more of the focal point at the end of that journey and by the time this came out they, well they, I think that's kind of evidenced by the fact that obviously after this record they kind of imploded a little bit so mm. by the time the second record came out it was you were back to just Kirsten on vocals indeed and, yes and I and a lot of people I think made the same decision that I did which was that that was less interesting oh totally to I me. yeah uh, uh, the the things I like about censor or liked most about censor were uh, Haytham and his style and his his uh, vocals mm-hmm. the scratching the yeah. DJ and the the drums I think the drums are brilliant yeah so, but so there's seven people involved here so we've got uh, two vocals we've got a drummer guitarist bass player DJ, mm-hmm. and we also have Haggis, yeah. who produced the album, on live kind of samples and live productions, yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. So, and kind of making sure that everything hangs together a degree as well. I think so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I found out one thing. The DJ is called Andy Clinton, or known as DJ Or. Mm-hmm. Apparently, and I read this somewhere and did no further fact-checking, just because it's a good fact and I don't want it to be proven wrong. Apparently, at one time... He had the national high score in Asteroids. I hope that's true. Isn't that a good fact? I hope that's true. That's a good fact. He was a DJ from the Spiral Tribe. Yes, he was. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he's really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think. Well, as we go through this, I'm going to be commenting on like a lot of the scratching. Get it? Cool. So, right. Well, let's. uh, let's, Mm -hmm. I I should say we've uh, uh, because this is a special episode and we don't uh, have like charts and stuff like that in there. We have reached out to a couple of podcasting mates. Some bits just so we can edit together and uh, and break it up from the monotony. The monotony of our fucking shit voices. Yeah, so yeah, we might just uh, we'll hear from some different people and their uh, recollections of this album as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's kick things off, man. First track is called "States of Mind." Lovely. All right. So track one here, and this one isn't a single, no. right? And so by by the point that this album comes out, I have heard four songs off the album because mm-hmm. they've been released as on singles. Yeah. But Five, the, maybe. Uh, no, because no, one came out after. Oh, was it Switch came out or Age no, Panic? No, uh, Age Panic came oh, out okay, after. Right. Um, so I I went into this and I was surprised at them not having a single yeah. as the first track. Listen to but, this, though, man. Yeah. And also I was surprised that they went in, like they're not coming straight in with some vocal polemic. There's kind of building and building. That's some public enemy. Yeah. That's some I mean, this black is shield. this is yeah, hundred percent. That's what I've got here. That's my note. Yeah. This is pure bomb squad production. That sounds yeah. like Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Absolutely. And then, but then here we get the uh, this kind of uh, Kirsten's vocal just adds a little bit of humanity. Oh sure, uh, it, and it. it's but it's not in the foreground. It's in the back, so it's part of the instrumentation. Yeah. Building and swirling up there. 
this to me is the sort of thing. I mean, I don't remember, but I suspect they opened their sets with this a lot. Because this, this is. Imagine that you know the stage is dark. This shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. You see, people are starting to play, starting to play, and it's building, and the mm-hmm. audience is just fucking getting riled up. Come on, come on, come on! This is wonderful. This is a real. This is the perfect way to begin an album. Absolutely! What an intro! Let's just keep going off, um, and again, I am thinking. All right. Where's the where's where's the rest of it? Yeah. Where's the rest of it? Surely this isn't just they're going to do this and then I'll hear a new song. But yeah, the part of this song. This yeah, we're now a minute forty-five into this. And then we go. Here we go. Yeah. Fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hayton the mad laughing. <laughs> I love how thrashy the riffs are. On oh, it's incredible. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So look, Hatham's got that. But even by the time this has come out, mm-hmm. this his style is almost a little bit dated in a weird way because he's got that kind of late '80s, early '90s flavor, like you know Chuck D, Rakim, okay. are, are touchstones. But you can also hear like the UK in there. You can hear the hard noise stuff. You oh, can hear gunshot. You they can were hear... huge gunshot fans. Yeah, yeah. They they brought gunshot on tour with them. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to change your state of mind. But it's just like, but you know, that, that's you know, you, you're talking about that in hip hop terms. But in terms of just how the impact of how this hits and the, that syncopation on that kind of on that kind of fast riff, mm-hmm. it's fucking perfect for this tune. Oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely perfect for it. It really is. And they have said in interviews, or Haytham definitely has said, that, that because they were massive fans of the Flight Gunshot yeah. and Public Enemy, what they wanted to do was to do Bomb Squad style sounds, mm-hmm. but with live instruments. Yeah. And they have absolutely achieved it, if you ask me. Because it, it's like they're not in a studio using samples to make this noise. They're doing this in a studio on instruments, and it's fucking huge. Nothing get back in line, and if you don't like that, and then it's just, just fine. Yeah, yes, I mean, he's, he's, you know, Kirsten rap that much, but I quite like it. No, totally, that's the thing. Usually, I thought she was kind of overshadowed in the whole album, because she's always a little bit in the background or doing the kind of the, oh, oh. This is a great verse. Yeah. It's a terrific verse. I mean, you know, Haytham's a, a, a brilliant instrument. In, in terms of his lyrics, mm-hmm. right, there are so many, many, many lyrics of his that I love. And then yeah. every now and again, it'll just drop an absolute clunker. Oh. But it's like in oh. the... Sp- but, but there's it, but so it's many wonderful. of them. Exactly. Yeah. And I love every one of them. And yeah. I've made a note of some of those we go through. I've got some of my favourites I will point out. But like in, in this one, like, like you know, just to start this where it's like sad diversion, tedious excursion... Uh, Roll into roll into unrealistic Christophersistic uh, comedy doctrine, rock ballistics. Like and it's just fucking cool shit, man. Yeah. But then he's also got here comes a strange injection. They've got a drug to numb my erection. <laughs> <laughs> but it all works in Wonderful. context. It all works in context. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this one's. I think this is a great like statement of intent. Oh, exactly. Yeah, this reminds me as well of uh, like their law. Whenever Prodigy and Public itself oh, yeah. started with, with their law, that really crunchy guitar. I mean, obviously, there's more dance elements on the Prodigy one, but it just this, that, that guitar line reminds yeah, me of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, the guitarist is a guy called um, Nick Michelson, mm-hmm. and he has said, you know, because obviously, you, we'll hear as we go through that every time there's a massive guitar riff, yeah. you're like, 
that's pure metal, and he was yeah. into Slayer and Anthrax. So oh yeah, and, and it's, it's not just pure metal; it's pure like thrash. Oh yeah, metal. No, he's he's also he talked about like fucking Celtic thrust and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, now he really likes that sort of shit, which is perfect. So yeah, there's track one, and then brilliant track two. Yeah, we're uh, changing it up. Okay, this one's called the key. Yes, a lot more mellow, and we're going to hear the first kind of bit of what you'll hear quite a bit through this, which is this kind of more dubby kind of bass sound, mm-hmm. very, big, big very rounded, yeah, yeah. kind of reggae-infused, kind of harking into, uh, you know, the sound system-y kind of roots. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And this was their second single, but it was the first one that made the, like, the top 75. Yeah, this was this was like it was like a double A-side, wasn't it? It was this and uh, No Comply. I, I, yes. I had this one. This is the one right, that yeah. came out after I knew who they were so I could buy it on CD single. Oh, sure, okay, right, yeah. So this was like a double A. came out September 93 and it got 47. Yeah. So, eh, fine, 47. Yeah. Um, but I loved this when it came out. It, this was instantly... I had been interested after I heard the first single eject. <laughs> I was waiting for what was next. And to be honest, they could have done something like uh, State of Mind or one of the heavier ones, and I would have been perfectly fine with it. Mm -hmm. But they came back with this. I was like, fucking hell. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think this this shows, like, another kind of uh, string to the bow. And this is one of the, like, this this is kind of a... A psychedelic experience musically and lyrically on this one. He's, mm-hmm. you know, Haytham's kind of articulating what is, you know, most likely a drug experience. Mm, maybe. Um, and I think this is the most successful version of them in this non-confrontational mode that oh, they I do. Oh, Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's still, you know, still got a big break in it. It's got this really layered production that you like here, and you know, there's a riff that comes in before the outro oh, in a little yeah, while, which is wonderful. Which is just fucking wonderful. This, this, this walks the right side of this kind of dubby kind of uh, path for me because it's th- it's still essentially got a big song in it as well. Oh yeah, no, it's a big hook. That, that bassline is a great, you know, funky yeah. bassline. It's not just. Is spaced out and it, what I would consider a lot of dub to be a bit dull. Yeah. Now this this is still driving, uh, and you got and you got Haytham on the pace of the yeah. beat as well. Oh sure, you know because you got you, you kind of got this you got the, the, the kind of languid kind of uh, bass and pace behind it that kind of comes with dub, but he's kind of almost double pace in that and right. uh, kind of keeping the track alive. And you got that little guitar kind of coming through, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is brilliant. I think it's, yeah. I, mean, I get more out of it that it's almost like an ode to music and the power of music. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrics and hip-hop. You know, he talks about um, his, his words becoming the key that unlocks stuff, um, the power and the energy within that. And there are, you know, some classic hip-hop tropes that he's putting in there. You know, we've got the, the lots of scratching and then breakdown. He's got some of the classic samples that are being scratched. Like, just in here. You know, it's like, that's, that's just classic hip-hop stuff. Um, but it's not that they've tried to do a straight down the line hip hop soon because it's still so big and warm and live and all of that sort of stuff. So it's not like a pastiche or a tribute either. It works because it's their thing. Sure, like this is what they you know, do. You, like this is this is uh, obviously uh, uh, well, I'm actually trying to remember the chronology, but there's quite a lot. You hear this and you go, this could almost be on the Shadow album. This could almost be on Introducing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now I think yeah, Shadow. Uh, would have been 95 was it yeah yeah, coming through but you hear what I mean like if you heard this and and someone went to you you've never heard this before you went who's this your first answer might be oh sounds like something on that yeah yeah. this could be a more wax tree for sure Um, I do think 
and I have a recollection. This is only uh, you know one of those memories that I can't remember properly. Um, I went and saw Sensor when they reformed in about 2005 or six, uh-huh. and I saw them at the London Underworld. And I think it was during this song because it was one of the more laid back ones where I was looking at the stage, and it was the original lineup first back for the first time, yeah. and everyone uh, was was in. Like in garb that you go, yeah, that's fucking censor. That's that's hate him. He's, yeah. he's still looking the same. The person's still doing the kind of the bit weird hippie stuff. Everyone looked like they hadn't moved an inch from this, yeah. except for the bass player, yeah. who looked like he might have just stepped out of a bank job. Brilliant. Uh, he was in, you know, a, a nice. You crisp... mean a job at a bank or oh, doing a oh, bank oh, job? A, a job at a bank. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, he, he, you know, properly ironed jeans. Oh, this riff, though. that riff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he exactly. He he looked like he was having a bl- he was blasted. He was really enjoying it. Um, but he looked like maybe his mum had. But like shirt. these days, he was smashing the system from the inside. Exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 brilliant man. Yeah, no, this is so good. Um, yeah, when, when this riff comes in and it all kind of kicks off, this is a, a fantastic outro. And I haven't even minded the fact that we've mm-hmm. had probably a minute of just sort of noodling. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and usually I'd be like, come on, skip this. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've got more tolerance for that and. But yeah, you're definitely a very much fucking. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm all good. This is. This is. How long is this song? Actually, let's have a look. This is five minutes twenty. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's gone on too long, even though there is a lot of just. Okay, just touch the other side. Come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So that's the first single we've seen off Mm -hmm. the album, and I remember listening to the album and you know loving it for the, the. the whole thing. I loved mm-hmm. the, the whole thing at the time. But listening to it on this this kind of go through, I'm like, yeah, this is solid. First two absolute bangers straight Absolutely. away. And then number three. Number three, right. Number three is another single. Yes. And this one this is ubiquitous switch. Absolutely. Big scratch at the front. Yeah. And this was the single that came out just before the album. This was out in March of nineteen ninety four. And it's the highest charting one, got to number thirty nine. Uh, Oh. Boom bap beat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the Boom only bass. song on the album that has any samples in it. Like a proper sample sample. Right. It's not just scratched in. Um, that beat is, is A New Day by Skull Snaps. And it's, this is UFO by ESG in the background as well. And yeah, I guess we got Kirsten building, building, building. Oh, I'm coming back, coming back from the funky, funky bass. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. So this is great, man. Like, from. From the flow point of view, this one is very much the most basic flow on the record. Oh, he's right, like, okay. you know, he's very much on beat four, four, four. And as a result, when you analyse the lyrics, the lyrics are a little bit clunky in this, right? Right. When you take them apart, but it just doesn't fucking matter because they're delivered with this straight ahead clarity and authority. Right? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, there's some. I mean, this one. I mean, we're both going to have the same lyrics yes, we on are. this one, right? Yes. Okay. We th- are. There's mention of a posse, right? Yeah. There shouldn't be a mention of a posse. There's, there's, if there's, there are two mentions of posses in right. this, and I'll forgive one, uh-huh. and the one in the jet, I'm going to let you have. Okay. It's fucking great, right? <laughs> but uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't say your posse has a spirit? But it, it's fine, right? Uh-huh. It's 1992. It's fine. Uh, or four. Uh, but yeah, the, you, the, the lyric on the. Um, well, I mean, the, we've just had the one about uh, which I actually enjoy the uh, mamas in a basement uh, kicking up rocks yeah. daddies and ones worth sitting in a box yeah I think that's a brilliant that, which is good that's good but yeah. it, it, I remember at the time going ones worth sitting in a box I didn't know it was a prison ah, like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck no, what right so yeah it's kind of stuck out to me but yeah um, 
But you know, there is there's a bit coming up that both of us are going to go. Yeah, that's an absolute rotter. But this, you know, this song is just, you know, it's just built to bounce around a sticky floored oh, rock sure. club or to sing along to in a field. This is just a great, just kind of. It's, it, you know, it's just a relentless on each beat. Each one of those kicks is like, fuck, bang, bang, bang. It's so good, man. Oh, sure. Um, but it's also, there's a real menace to this. It's yeah, dark, yeah, yeah. it's broody, it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a, a sort of a violent, oh, here we go. To the bottom like a fucked up boat. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. There you go. That's exactly. With all, when all the gun talk shit that you wrote, it don't float. It sinks to the bottom like a fucked up boat. I love that lyric. I mean, it's terrible, it's, but I will never allow that to be changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that lyric, man. Um, this yeah. is a, this is another brilliant track, man. This is yeah. I can see why this was a single. Like you say, it's a perfect one for uh, yeah. a club. It's it's you know it's, it's half time. It's not their really aggro stuff. But if you're picking stuff out which you want to show all of your aspects. This is if you want to bar- if you want to bounce around with a pint of cider and black in your hand, this is the track you want to do it to. Do you want Haytham and his raga patwa? Uh, no, I don't. We, uh, look, I, yeah, there's now, a little bit of that. There. Now, now is not the time to discuss it. There will, nope. the, the time will come later. Absolutely, there will. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is obviously censor by anyone's standards of the day they were the anarcho progressives sure and the interesting thing about the nature of being a progressive right is that if you get viewed through the sphere of progressives 30 years later mm. you're likely to be there'll be something a, you, well not even to be something there'll be loads of but you know that's the way it should be yeah. because if you that's if, if, if you're a progression and 30 years you're still progressing the same things you've fucking failed yeah, right? that's how it goes yeah. but yeah I mean yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we have to be even-handed. We gave Donnie Wahlberg quite a hard time. <laughs> we certainly did. And, like, Atham <laughs> is a, you know... He's half-sidey, so... Well, that's not the same but, thing, is no, it? No, no, but... And it's racist to say it is. <laughs> oh, man. You're bigger. Anyway. One thing I did do uh, as well as listening to the album for this, I watched the videos that they made for mm. all of the singles. Oh, yeah, I did. A, I, I, watched, I watched Eject. Oh, right, okay. They're fucking dreadful. The, the, these videos, but they were made for a budget of a tenner, yeah, obviously, um, and they are some of the most amateur videos you'll ever but see. And this one, all the better for it. All the better. Oh, for no, it. I, I'm absolutely fine with it. And I don't know what they would have done with the budget. I don't know what they would have, what videos they would have come up with. Uh, but uh, this is this the, the video for this falls a little bit flat. But then I also watched the. A version, uh, a live version that they did on the word of this, yeah. and it just kicks your face off. Yeah, it's so good that fucking brilliant. Yeah, in that the DJ's wearing a gunshot t-shirt. I think the bass is wearing a tool t-shirt. They're they're showing all their influences mm-hmm. on that, and you know, again, Haytham's fucking top off, going absolutely mental at the front. It's wonderful. Haytham's fucking great front man, man. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, obviously, he went on after this to a band called Lodestar, short-lived one album. Mm-hmm. But I love that Lodestar album. I, I never even uh, sorted it out. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's it's very much. Uh, I there's some place to talk about it actually sure. a, little bit, a little bit better. But yeah, sure. it's it's a it's a great record though. I really really like it. It's a, a even more of a lost record than this one. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, this was number way. four in the charts. So you know. Hello everyone. Yes, it's the guys from the True Cult Pop podcast. It's me, Stephen Hill. It's him, Gaz Jones. How you doing, Gaz? Hey there. 
get to talk about the 90s for a couple of minutes I I know what what a challenge that will be Uh, thanks very much to Dave and Krista for asking us to give our thoughts on Sensor's Stacked Up album which I believe is what like 29 years old now isn't it it's absolutely mad yeah come out at the start of May 1994 1994 got to number four in UK charts crazy mental mental times man it's a different time it was a better time now Gaz when you think about this album where does it take you back to doing really badly at my GCSEs (laughs) discovering alcohol I mean I mean I first came across uh censor um in my most 90s and musical education programs it was them on the word uh doing switch uh, and I was just like, yeah, I'm over buying a single to that. Bought the album of vinyl. Um, I mean, I was banging into kind of, you know, Pop Will Itself, Ozzy Tentacles, all, you know, Faith No More, Prodigy, all that kind of like mashup stuff with the Grebo mm. stuff and all that. So this just seemed like a perfect fit into that, really. I mean, is it, Steve, I've got a question for you. Is this the best UK rap metal album of all time? Oh, well, I tell you what, one minute silence would have something to say about that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, not that I'd listen because they weren't very good. But yeah, I think it is. I think Man Break would be another one. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's not exactly a crowded field, is it? It's as in the words <laughs> of Stuart Lee, it's like being the tallest wharf. But um, <laughs> but this is good. I mean, this album takes me back. Oh, it takes me back all the way to the 13th of September, 2023, which is the first time I listened to it <laughs> in full, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, because wow. by the time I'd got into Sensor, mm. um, they would sort of splintered in half. And so, you know, it, it was in the, the years in the aftermath when I heard songs like, I mean, you know, Switch, The Key, but mostly Age of Panic. Yeah. Age of Panic's the one. Bang. So I've never listened to this album from beginning to end mm. until, yesterday and i think it's absolutely excellent i really i agreed to do this because i knew you'd have an opinion on it Mm -hmm. um it has dated a little bit definitely it has dated a little bit yeah like it sounds very very 90s but i'm really really impressed with just so many things on this record i'm really impressed Mm. with the sort of how fat the production sounds how kind of you know beautifully reminiscent of this time period it was and how i would never have gone oh british rap metal what a good thing um, yeah. You know, Collapse Lung, I suppose, are another one, aren't they? Man yeah. Break, uh, yeah. One Minute Silence. Apart from that, there's... What, like, you get to, like, number one sun and vacant stare, and nobody needs that in your life, no. do you? It's all, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, yeah, look, and when it gets to all the kind of the, the reggae stuff and some of the more sort of psychedelic stuff, yeah. this is a really, really good album, and it's been it's quite silly of me to have spent my whole life not actually listening to it, but I do... There, there are, you know, a few songs in it that I have just plucked out from nowhere. And I've listened to it over the years, but this is this is really good. It's it was it was a bit of a blind spot for me, but mm. I'm glad that I've listened to it now. It's great. It's kind of a shame that obviously you know this. I mean, if this came out a couple of years beforehand, I think it would have probably been a lot bigger. Probably had more of a legacy. But obviously, by 1994, you'd had Park Life by this point. I definitely, maybe was just around the corner. Britpop was getting fucking huge, and Grebo was just getting kicked to the floor. That was a thing. Once gone, you know, yeah. Ned's and you know, Popley itself, and all these kind of bands dead in the water it's a bit of a shame but I think I think history has been kind of incredibly kind to this album and I think it is a bit of a lost nugget from a fantastic era for uh, rock and alternative music yeah it's really good it's a shame. I mean I do remember the kind of follow up album which doesn't have uh, Hytem the lead vocalist who went and did Lo- Lodestar do you Lodestar. remember them? Lodestar yeah, I want to say like Dark Helmet in Spaceballs yeah. Lodestar <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always I, I wasn't mad keen on Lodestar and hence why I kind of just mm. you know dipped in and out of Sensor I think Sensor were quite different at that it point was. more of a bully rag man 
Um, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> but yeah, this is very good. This is very good. I wish I had some kind of excellent um, story from the 90s to go along with it, mm. but I'm going to defer to you. You must have one. Uh, well, I, I actually saw them the week of the, um, when the album came out. I saw them in playing Cambridge uh, on the tour. I think it was two or three days after the album came out. It was wet, yeah, it would have been. Uh, it was. I've, I've got it down here. I think it was Wednesday, May the fourth, Star Wars Day. The um, a venue in Cambridge called the Junction. It was fucking heaving. It was hotter than hell. Um, I came out from the pit. Uh, I had no t-shirt. I missed the last bus home. Had to ring Mother Dearest. Good times, eh? Did you get a shirt to put on? Uh, or did you have to sort of stand in the shirt. No, because I I foolishly didn't take uh, along any money with me, so I was like half naked sweaty in jeans i only had my a-level curtains to uh to keep me warm well it's a, a nightmarish image that we've conjured up for you there but um thanks very much for inviting us on guys appreciate that and um that's you know that's our thoughts on this album being a little bit dismissive there about lodestar Stephen. i think if you went back and listened to that now you would find it such a very good album so fuck you anyway okay well we're, we're moving into next song which is another single so yeah, this is and this as you said this is the single that came out after the album absolutely release. yeah so i guess this was one where we had heard all of the songs apart from the, the track one we'd heard all the songs so far mm-hmm. before the album came out yeah and then this was the first one that we're like oh this is new and i think i pretty much instantly went this is fucking right oh fuck right yeah. okay so this is age of panic yeah Big wobbly electronic sounds. Yeah, and um, we should also say that this isn't the single version. No, because the single version has uh, a much more guitar on it. It's called the Gitarama mix. And oh, I so want to ask you something different. actually, because I had a message from uh, from Cliff about a JX. But we'll get to that. In right, minute. sure. Um, yeah, so here we go, Brant. Just laying down the rhythm there, and the guitar just starts going there off. There he is. He's like screaming, screaming in the background. It's just like yeah. a solo all the way through. Yeah, them just. Smashing it out here, man. Yeah. You got this. Again, it's fucking menacing, man. Mm, oh, it's, sure. It's like the intro to the equalizer. Oh, well. <laughs> if we're putting it on a, a, a chart of 1 to 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and this only got to number 52 this single. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that's nuts. Man. Wrong What's with wrong the British public, yeah. That's because everyone was buying the album. Uh, well, maybe so. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Uh, but yeah, in my head, as soon as this comes. And I think as soon as the album came out, this track was getting played in the clubs I was going to. So yeah. it was like people were looking for other ones to, to put on, and this was an easy option. Oh, of course, man. But then whenever the single version did come out, and in a, in a bit I'll play like the intro of the single version because it's even fucking rougher. This is just perfect for a, a, a rock club dance floor. Oh, this is. I mean, this is fucking brilliant. The doom behind this chorus, man. Yeah. In, yeah, in with uh, Kirsten, this uh-huh. kind of like big, big vocal line. It just breaks it up. And this is the thing about sensor. When they're in balance, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, it is like balancing the humans with that band. Right, there's yeah. so many influences in there. When they catch it, and it's like lightning in a bottle, uh-huh. it's the best. Sure. It's the best. It's, right, like, right, right. it's like Faith No More. It's like, that all the influence is just slightly, slightly in disharmony, but you catch that moment, you catch mm-hmm. it together, and it's fucking brilliant. And when one of those humours goes out of check, it gets less good. Oh, I see what you mean, okay. But you, you, this one, you would say, everything works. Everything, man. This is, this yeah. is, look, man, we are, 
we're we're four for four at the minute. Four, yeah, absolutely nailed on, storming, brilliant tracks. It's like as good as the first four tracks of any album you can yeah. name. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, you were saying uh, Faith and More there. I I've read a couple of interviews where Hayden was saying, you know, back in the day, they were kind of originally. Someone say to him, oh, uh, you know, people said you were like the, uh, the UK Rage the Machine. What do you think about that? And he's like, we didn't think about that at all. Um, we were writing this stuff before we heard any Rage Against the Machine, but then they put their album out in 92. Yeah. And he says he did hear it and go, oh, fuck. They've, you know, they've nailed this. This is like the perfect album. Yeah. But um, he also then says that he listened to Angel Dust. Yeah. And he went... This is the biggest step forward in a band that he could remember, you know? He just went, this is fucking incredible. Because he loved the real thing, but then heard Angel Dust and went, oh man, this is so good. And he's just, there's no point in trying to compare. He's like, he didn't want to just give up because people were going, oh, aren't you just this? He's like, no, right, no, we are different. We are more than that. We are, you know, our own thing. And so they were like, fuck it, we just do our own thing. And I think that's perfect because this is not Raging Smithy, this is not Faith No More. As we will see, there are a lot of different facets that neither of those bands would do. Absolutely. This one, you know, I would happily see this on the Judgment Night soundtrack along everything else. Yeah, I mean, look, this there. is this is a brilliant, brilliant track. It's it's in you know one of the most metal ones, not the most metal one. Yeah, uh, that's still to come. But the uh, breakdown, but yeah, the breakdown, levy breaking. Uh huh. And it, it, lyrically, I mean, this is it's Age of Panic, and he said that it's kind of. It's about how people are having to, you know, work and stress. Life is crazy and, you know, the, your bosses are reaping the rewards for mm-hmm. your labor and all this sort of stuff. Which, you know, is frankly still exactly the same today. Oh, man, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's an exponential slide downwards. Well, this it's is it, you know, always going worse. Imagine thinking, right, in 94, that this is the age of panic. And this is pre-internet. Yeah. Everything's just got faster and faster and faster and more manic. And you have to, you know, run to stand still. And we've got more billionaires than we ever had. Well, indeed. Um, Hurrah. Sure. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So we just had the, the album version of that. But when they did release it as a single, uh, the version that was on there is the Gitarama mix, which is just, again, by censor. It's not like a remix by somebody else. But they have just properly amped up the guitar. So if you listen to the intro of this, there isn't the kind of the, the tinkly bit at the beginning. It's straight in with that you know it's just fucking already heavy shit and i remember when this came out and this was the version that got played it's like fucking this took my head off i think this is the superior version on there i, I don't it. remember this oh man i mean once it gets into it it's almost the same because it gets heavy in the album version but it just starts off so much heavier in the single one mm. and it's wonderful shit i really like the electronic noise though no, fine, yeah, but I I love the, the heaviness of this. And also on the 12-inch got there, um, there's a Gunshot remix, which is really good. Uh, and then it's their version of the Beastie Boys looking down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. I mean, I remember their cover of that, that as well. I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, yeah, the cover of the Beastie Boys, amazing, yeah. right, wicked. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I do, I love that version, but I get why, uh, you know, it was much more of a club track, I guess, the single version. Right, so let's do... Um, this next one, this one's track number five again, not a single, very much an album track. This one's called What's Going On. Okay. And here we are with a Slayer riff, man. This they, sounds like Channel Zero. Isn't, oh yeah. I mean, they covered Channel Zero as one of their B-sides. Makes Hang on. Sense. 
and for some reason the flute. There we go. And I say and for some reason, it's because Kirsten plays the flute. Exactly. And I'm going to guarantee you that in 1988, there was a lot more flute. Hard, hard as fuck this It's is, an man. amazing riff. Oh my god, it's so fucking huge. Good. You, you hear like Kirsten just like being faded in, faded out just yeah. there. And it's just that little touch of flavour that separates it from everything else, man. Fucking little pace change there. Yep. And those oh drums as well. That, I, mean, uh, I think it's John on the drums. Yeah. Fucking John Danger blinding. or something, isn't it? It's so good, man. But, yeah, but look, man. The dynamics of this song are fucking Somebody tell me. This is one of the best, uh, like, kind of vocal break, uh, like, you know, kind mm. of um, like melodic vocals on okay, this Okay, right. Um, uh, but this is the thing, you know, like you were saying in that first track, that Kirsten doesn't often do uh, some actual word singing. She does yeah. throughout, but there's a lot of time where she's just making uh, sort of a, a background. She, she's. For, for, think what the word is um, but she's doing stuff that is more uh, an instrument than yeah, yeah, vocals yeah. but you know that's, that's wonderful but yeah one of my favourite what's coming in in a minute is mm. one of my favourite bits on the whole album they do it a couple of times mm. but it's just like a, just a little kind of rhythmic device they do and a little kind of little hi-hat bit um, let it come in comes uh-huh, in here, sure. here anyone here it's like and then Renegade breaking down the barricade. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. And the fucking vocal going up with it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, my God. It's so fucking That's cool. That's nice. That is nice. So cool. They, they do it a little bit later with that kind of fashion is something. So ugly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and in that minutes. bit as well, everything else drops out. It's just like the vocals and the drums as yeah. well. Yeah. Nah. It's, it's, a, it's a great uh, method. This is this is one of my favourites on the record, man. In a weird like, it's. Uh, Did you remember this? Like when you were going through, because this is like it's not a single. Yeah. Um, so when you were listening through for this, did you instantly go, "Oh, I remember this one"? Because it took me a couple of goes. I went, "I think, oh yeah, this one, oh yeah." And there's bits of it. I went, "I remember that." Uh, your bits of it come back to me, like yeah. that, that that lyric. Fashion is something so ugly it has to be changed every fifteen minutes. Yeah. Right? But style is something versatile and where you walk and where you smile. Yeah. I always loved that lyric. That's a good lyric. I always was like, yeah, that's fucking right, man. Changed every 15 minutes. Yeah, brilliant, man. And yeah. then yeah, that fucking beat. Bring the funk. Exactly. It's just like Hatham uh, and the drums, but they're, they're building it back towards yeah. the end as well. But they take it all right back down to this. The weird thing is, I haven't listened to this album in its entirety for quite a long while. Yeah, same here, man. And, you know, and yeah, I, I had forgotten. Mm. I'd forgotten quite a lot about it. So in my mind, I was like, "Yes, this is a fucking great album." I'd always had remembered that it was a great album, sure. but I'd forgotten how strongly it's like five out of five. Mm. Each one this is, is a thirteen-track album. Each one as good as the last, yeah. as well. You know, so good. I'm, I'm not even saying out of the into, out of the first five tracks, I'm not saying there's one that stands head and shoulders above the other. Yeah, but they're all all great. Yeah, okay? any one of them could have been a single. This could have been a single. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. I mean, and this is one that I don't remember playing in rock clubs, but I probably I should have done. Yeah. Because, like you say, this is one of the most metal riffs on here. Yeah. Yeah. There are some uh, choice lines in this, you know, when we're talking about lines that don't work. Yeah. Um, I've got, the meaning of the word is vital. That's my recital. Going to make you think of it. Like, thanks, Atham. Wicked. Brilliant. Cheers. Yeah. And uh, they can't see where or why or what they're going to say when they get asked something fast in a word way. Pardon? Yeah. That's some, it's some good gibberish, but it is gibberish. Uh, look, I'm going to give him... Look, 
He's got a lot of lyrics to fill Mate, with. this is... And this one, if, I think there's... Like, it's all different chords. Sometimes in some of the songs he goes back and does a verse again, like reprise or something like that. This is all fresh, yeah, yeah. every single bit. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, look, man, you know, the, the god Rakim, we, we allow him, we allow oh, him mate. fish. Fish, my favourite dish. Yeah, of we course. allow him that, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, there is, there's a bit of this, actually, um, where they do uh, take on their, their views on religion and organised religion, where it says... Um, a wish on a dish or a coin on a plate is no ticket, tick, no ticket to heaven or any such state. I like that. A wish on a dish or a coin on a plate. Yeah, that's it's great. Nice. It ro- rules. It really does rule off. Mm-hmm. Those little double rhymes. Mm-hmm. Little double cups. Yeah, brilliant, man. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think this is I think this is a great track. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Okay. Right, so, so yeah. Five one. tracks in. Okay. Fucking so bargains. Next one is One Touch, One Bounce. Okay. And this is the first instrumental that we have on here. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think this is one of the things that does make Sensor different to, you, you know, if we're talking about, if we're trying to put them as rap rock or something yeah. like that, they also have this side to them. So it, it does make them different to a lot of the bands that you would lump in with that. Yeah. So what we've got is, it's a very dubby instrumental. Yeah. We've got what I think, you know, is, is uh, generally referred to as found sounds. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sampled in. But process samples, it's, you know, I guess if you were looking for a way to, like, contextualise it with more, with, you know, better known albums, it's maybe it's a little bit like, uh, you know, something that the Beastie Boys might do on Check Your Head. Or, so. oh, there's or, a couple of bits where I think, oh, they've listened to Check Your Head. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, look, this is absolutely fine. I'm not sure it adds much to the album and what it does do is it knocks the relentless pace up now maybe that's a deliberate thing and, the, I- is, and yeah. the idea is well how much can you take yeah. at this point so here's something like but the answer for me was then and is now a bit more still please sir yeah can exactly more? so this for me you know I don't I don't, I don't hate it mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even dislike it but um, I'm not uh, after everything being so good I, I fully understand it's like you've got this other dimension to what you do yeah. here you are but this is kind of where I start going the humours are out of place a little oh bit. I see okay the humours are a little bit out of place you know it's anyway I, I do think that this is a deliberate thing I think this is like a palate cleanser after the first five I, I think that's it's right. also uh, the, it's the last track on side two of the double yeah, vinyl so it's perhaps like alright look here's the first part of the, the journey over calm down have a wee bit yeah. of a chill this, this is like just a little you know puddle of calm after the yeah. full on assault I, I don't have a major issue with this one at all this is and it's, it's three minutes this one exactly it's a short one no problems and yeah I reckon as well they're because they were you know whenever they were hanging out with Eat Static and Banco de Gaia or whatever yeah. and I reckon they probably did a lot more of this uh, you know, back in the day, yeah. and so they don't want to necessarily totally lose that identity. And there's probably a couple of members of the band who are like, "No, we really want to do some of this stuff that we were into at the start." Fine, and, you know, you can, you know, if you, if you look at Lateralus at all, which is uh-huh. one of my favourite albums, you know, how is this particularly different to like Triad right, or sure. Reflection? One of those tracks, okay, yeah, 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 that you've got on the back end of that. It's, you know, it's just for me. I'm not. Uh, uh, oh no, jewelry's out. I have me. said, you know, I think this is again perfectly fine. 
possibly unnecessary, but I appreciate what it's doing, I think. I think I see their their point that they are just going, all right, everyone have a fucking sit down. And if it was the only time they did it, oh, is it uh-huh. it'd be a different conversation. Fair, okay, all right. Okay, so track number seven. So, yeah, we're kind of kind of halfway-ish through. So, yeah, track seven is called Stubborn. So, big power chord now. So, that's, that's not bit, a thrashy bit. riff. That's a kind of that's, a big, like... I'm getting like Sabbath monster magnet yeah. that sort of stone rock spacey yeah. yeah that kind of psychedelic end of spacey stone mm-hmm, rock yeah mm-hmm. very much got some samples in there yeah exactly you've still got the, exactly you've got that but you've still got the DJ kind of putting some bits yeah. in and Haggis putting some production bits in so this is nice and then we're gonna just drop from here in a minute the building building yeah. Nice. Yeah, there you are. Dropping at this little familial chug here, mm-hmm. right? We got uh, Haytham, he's rocking his little tongue trips, man. He's even tripping the tongue like Dicky Dicky Das FX. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love the feel of this. I love how expansive this is. It's big. It's, a lot, it's me- very melodramatic as well. Yeah. When you talk about showing other sides... This is what, like, like, lyrically, it's a lot more kind of theoretical, border in its scope. Yeah, it's, it seems like he's almost taking on a character rather than being himself and telling you yeah. the message. He's telling a story. So, and I think rather than fitting in with that kind of rap rock paradigm, this is a lot closer in that kind of art rocky kind of paradigm that was around at the time, which leans more in a tall Rollins band yeah. Jane's Addiction yeah yeah and this is if you if you want the the, the easiest touchstone to get to Lodestar it's this track oh I see okay Lodestar was very much like this but of it. kind of without right. you know, he didn't really rap in Lodestar right it's he, more I mean, this he, he sort did, of stuff. I mean he sung rhythmically but yeah it was very much like this and but I really the, like his voice but I, I think the Rollins band thing that you mentioned there is, is definitely apt on this one um, and I know that they were fans they toured with them in 95 I think in the States yeah. um, and so that they, they were definitely into that kind of shit and that makes a lot of sense to me see I, I think this is super underrated this one I think I, I think this is a brilliant track. I had entirely forgotten about this yeah I, I, I had completely forgotten about this and, and it's you know it doesn't Stamp. It's not got that really fast riff. It's not in your face. It's a lot slower than some of those other ones, but it's still, you know, as heavy because it's, you know, pounding, pounding. Um, there is a bit where he this, this kind of the no, no does remind me a little bit of um, Voodoo, the oh, body yeah, count, yeah, no. you know, the comedy. No, my eye, bitch. <laughs> Um, but no, this this this, this on re-listens. This song stood out to me because it's a little bit different, and because I you know I wasn't so used to it, and it wasn't just like oh I remember this. But this is fantastic. See, I, I think there's an alternate universe somewhere where Lodestar doesn't exist, like mm-hmm. Chasing Demons era. Sensor doesn't exist, yeah. and we get a second Sensor record which leans more in this direction. Oh, I see. And, wow, right. And. You know, I can't help but say that's a fucking that's a path for them being a festival headliner. Well, know? that's the thing because right, they broke up 
in 95 after doing the Rollins tour um, they also toured with Stunk and Nancy I think in that year and they were asked by Moby to support him in the States um, and they broke up after that because musical differences and they've been touring for years and they all were just yeah. like you know, fuck it so it splintered and it went it kept some people in censor some people in low time but you're right if it if you did skip that, let's say they had gone on tour with Tool, for example, and everyone had been like, "Yeah, this is wicked," and they'd made an album after that. That maybe this is what they would. I I really do think this is a band that they were so ahead of they were so ahead of their time in so many different ways. Yeah, um, and like you know, there's you know, I, I know there's elements of Grebo in here, and Grebo had its heyday mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a few years before, but I think there is a progressiveness to what they're doing. And when you go, they broke up the same year that Corn put out their first record. Oh, right, yeah, 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 true. Actually, did they? Yeah. 95. 94 was the first Corn record. But they they broke up as new metal was hitting. Yeah. Yeah, that's Deftones. There. Yeah, that's Deftones. I mean, you know, seeing a band like System of a Down go on to be Mm -hmm. as big as they were, they had a place in this conversation. They did. But they never would have been fully in it because I think uh, Hatham especially would have been now we're more like or, or we, we, we always wanted to have more bits like Gunshot and New Kingdom and oh, yeah, see, I, I'm, really I'm, really hip hop bits I'm not saying that they've ever assumed that that they've ever assumed that kind of mantle mm-hmm. but I don't know like with you know you can bear in mind that you know 96 Anima comes out yeah you know yeah. and transforms the audience for that kind of stuff you sure. know you got you know you've got King for a Day Fool for a Lifetime you've got all of this stuff that embraces expensive. and yes it wasn't the biggest selling stuff of its time but if they could have sat and just built and formulated that fan base I think they could have been hmm you know, they could have been a headliner. Well, they were on the way up. They really were. You know, this album comes out. It's number four in the charts. They are playing bigger and bigger slots and festivals. Like I say, 93, they were on the Melody Maker stage at Reading. Yeah. 94, they were main stage halfway through the day. Yeah. yeah. 95, they would have been second or third from, mm-hmm. from top on those big festivals. After another big album, then you're, the world's your oyster. It is unfortunate that they went two different ways. And neither album really caught on with the general public. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, well, it is what it is. We've got, we've well, got, yeah. Can't play a game of maybes. All we can talk about is what we've got. And that is a brilliant song. Thank God we got it. Next track is track number eight. Mm-hmm. This is called Door Game. Right. Oh, there's your flute. Yeah, we've got flute. And this is the longest song on the album by quite a way. This yes. is like 640. 640, yes. 640 yeah. Okay, 640. So, yeah. And obviously, we're going to drop in in a second. We've got this housey kind of trancey yeah a much more straightforward uh, dance beat yeah and this this one clearly harks into the sound system new age vibes of the time the world that they were living in the kind of the, this pre-world yeah it's not really my cup of tea no I wouldn't have thought this would be one of the ones you'd be like oh fucking this one I remember really liking this at the time uh, I do uh, and again I don't know whether it was just because I I wanted to like Sensor, but I really enjoyed the fact that they were doing other stuff on the album. And so yeah, when, I, when something like this came along, I was like, I, do, I think I do like this song. I see, I, I don't. I, I, yeah. I don't really like this. That ding, 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 ding. That, it, it kind of grates me a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, look, I adore Hytham. I would say Hytham is one of my favourite 
frontman like, yeah. of all time Lovely. of all time you know he's, he's up there you know with Maynard James Keenan Mike Patton Brilliant. like kind of big names big but I mean I cannot let that go the roots and culture roots and culture roots and culture mate yeah but he's I not mean, just talking about one he's talking about both it's like country and western yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I I, there's a lot of that. There's the, you know, there's the. Uh, oh, the, but we, the, we'll get to the yeah, Diane the... King, shy guy. Fucking <laughs> oh, follow me. Um, th- this bit, I do think this is Kirsten doing a, a very kind of ordinary dance vocal. Like it, this could be transposed into any '90s yeah. chart dance song. Yeah, this is very much a, as if you ever seen the comedian Rob Deering. This is very much a woman oh, saying absolutely. something. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I like the. I, I do think the actual the full track. I think it works. I, I think this is a good dance track in a, in a very, very crusty, greagle way. This is 100% a skip for me every time. Every time. Oh, right, okay. I, I don't... I, you see, I, I, to me, this is almost like some of, some of the Orb tracks, some of those early kind of underworldy tracks. Yeah, this, this, the, the, the problem, I think, is you have to buy that... And I find it quite great. In, Do you? Okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the patois on it. I think, like as you say, I think a lot of this is quite ordinary. Really, you don't like Zig and or Zag doing yeah, it. I mean, it, exactly that, exactly that. That's, I, I, I hadn't made that note, and now you've said it. I, I can never hear this again. Yeah, yeah, because it just is, isn't it? The girls, the girls love me. Zag a muffin. Oh man. It, yeah. it was a very different time. Yeah, I mean, I've made, I mean, what does that say? Very much a different time. <laughs> <laughs> I've written that there. Um, yeah, now this, this is a this is a skip for me. I can I can, I can sure. see that you're. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm a cool. little surprised because you've kind of got a bit of a dubby hatred, generally. Sure, but yeah, I. But this is this is enough on the dance side of that. Yeah, uh, that I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah, mate. If they if they took all the the, the four four hi hat bits out. And it was just the bass. I was like, probably not. And some people would much prefer that. Mm-hmm. But no, I I would find that dull. There there is a bit. I mean, to me, this is this is the fucking pure distillation of 1994 crusties, right? This is Stone Circle at Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I'm and okay, again, I'm okay with and it. again, that's why I'm surprised you don't you like it. Oh no, it. I don't. I hate all of the people. <laughs> I, hate, I hate every single person who would be dancing to this and, you know, fucking shoeless jugglers. Smelling of patchouli oil. Oh, oh yeah, twats a lot of them. But I'm okay with this. I, I'm the only one that's allowed to like this. And I, 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 knew, lot, I knew loads of those people. And, yeah. And they were all, they were, you know, I, I had a good time with a lot of those people. Man. Sure. I, they, they were nice, nice people. Like, at a point, up to a point where you had to kind of switch off the conversation oh god yeah I knew I knew, I knew a guy called Eggy who, Eggy. Was, who was part of the Exodus collective amazing yeah uh, and he got hit by a car oh and he lay in the middle of the road and he didn't call for an ambulance he called for Jar fuck me pink he oh my he god he literally lay there had, having been hit by a car going Jar come save me <laughs> that sounds like the set up to a really shit joke that is, that's actually what happened that is actually what happened fuck me in the end St. John's Ambulance no I don't <laughs> St. John's Ambulance St. John's Ambulance <laughs> oh man he's like check check this check. bit he's okay he's doing this and this is fine yeah. he, I, I do get the impression that he went too fast for himself uh, at one point he like, trips over his words and they were, they were like oh fuck it I'm not redoing it just keep that bit in it's fine yeah see this I mean 6 minutes 50 and come yeah. on I don't need that flute there Oh, mate, it's a, 
It's it's an absolute stereotype. Sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it needs to be that long. You're absolutely yeah. right. But all of the, these songs were. If you went and saw, let's say, Eat Static, yeah. you're not going to see a song that's less than 15 minutes long. I don't think there's any world where removing this track doesn't improve this record. I, I, that's the thing. If it wasn't on there, I wouldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go, I wish there was a really long dance track somewhere in here. But because it was part of it and I was listening to this loads at a time, it got in there and I went, yeah, okay, it's fine. Hi boys, it's Cy Sharp of Beat Rehab. Really excited that you're covering Stacked Up by Sensor. It's an album that really seems to have been forgotten a bit in the intervening years. Um, My story with with Sensor, they released Eject and that became a massive hit in my local indie club, The Loft in Guildford. It was just perfect. We were all into Rage Against Machine and were waiting for the next big rap rock act. Uh, We thought maybe this was the beginning of the greatest subgenre ever known. Turns out we weren't entirely correct about that, and we were still seven years away from Butterfly by Crazy Town. Stacked up itself, I love it. I think what makes it memorable, a lot of it is down to their origins in the free party scene, which was arguably the most important counterculture at that time. So musically, you have that mix of influences from that scene, things like dub, house music, chill out, indie they seem to neatly sidestep folk, which is probably a good thing. But that scene was also a protest movement. So when they weren't partying, they were protesting and clashing with police and the BMP and that sort of stuff. So even though the style in which they articulate the anger is American in terms of the rapping, uh, but the causes they champion were completely British. Rap rock since then has all been all about adopting the style, uh, but this was about adopting hip-hop as a, as a medium for demanding change, and that, that anger is there. So, yeah, also quick shout-out for Kirsten singing along Hypen's Rapping. I can't think of any other female singers in hip-hop at that time. Obviously, there's plenty of female rappers, but that seemed to be quite new. But, yeah, stacked up. Love it. Cheers, boys. Let's do track number nine. Okie dokie. This one is called Peanut Head. Peanut I've got Head. a different name for it myself. Oh. Yeah. I, guess I think you may as well call this one the Beastie Boys one. You really should, yeah. This is the one where I was like, they listened to Check Your Head yeah. and, and heard the kind of the, the funk instrumentals yeah. they were doing on there. I went, if we put some rapping over that instrumental, which is not the point, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be just this thing. But yeah, this is a sleazy 70s porno but, funk you know, track. I, I think they acknowledge it because you've got the beat, the... Look, the first lyric Here to Manhattan Here to Manhattan That's You know yep. But you got the beat The funky guitars And the flute That's Beastie Boys Isn't it though It so is So lyrically This is a uh, Anti-gun culture screed It is Yes And you know If you're talking about Hip hop culture At this time It's pretty relevant oh, sure. Because this is The exact fulcrum point Where Hip hop has given way Really By this point It's given way from the, you know, the uh, conscious yeah. kind of you know, kind of pro-black power, kind of Panther-esque sure. messaging that's coming, uh, empowerment messaging that was coming from, like, Public Enemy and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And we've been through... Well, like, even the De La Soul, which is, like, the, the poppy stuff and then Love Everyone, the yeah, yeah. self-empowerment. Well, you know, Afrocentric stuff from yeah. the Tribe and all Native all of that. stuff. You know, you know... Um, but NWA have hit big and people have started to go, oh, this is a bit of this that sells. Kind of missing the point because a lot of 
NWA was quite ironically sure it was, yeah but then as soon as Dre went off and did uh, yeah. The Chronic but yeah and as, and as soon as that and whole kind of gangster Snoop thing Dog. and you know they were you know in the UK it was a different thing but if you went out to an American record shop around this time there were walls of walls and walls of gangster rap tapes right. at this point it, right. was, it was everywhere and you know that gangsterism like the it's it, it, it just taken over everything and it ultimately led to the kind of the more jiggy yeah stuff which was you know where you know I've, I've never parted ways with hip hop but that was where the separation started for me yeah sure but the, so you can yes absolutely this is a topic that is ripe for examination in 1994 mm-hmm. I get that but no I think this is just a bit limp I, mean, I think it's a I think it's a cool noodly little track. It's a little bit yeah. long. Yeah. I, I quite like the jammy vibe on this. I quite yeah. like the fact that it's a little bit jam roomy and stuff. So I, I'll forgive it its flaws. Okay. I think it's quite interesting that they kind of got that. Um, they do the the, the scratched flave sample. Yeah, uh, yeah as used by NWA. All right. Okay. Sure. Um, it's. Uh there are elements. I think. I think it's a really nice drum beat. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going for that that sort of seventies funk vibe. Um, I think I've talked about the Mac Avenue Skull Game album by Big Chief, which is again nineteen ninety three. Loads of just white guys doing seventies funk, and it's fantastic. I think this is that's what they're going for. They're going for that. They're going for the Beastie Boys thing. The, but there's not enough for me. There's not enough of a funky bass going on. Um, I think I'm, it's, yeah. it's not big enough for me. Um, and just the, the putting the, your guitar through a wah it, it sounds like they're trying also to do um, heavy ram experience. That the um, brand new heavies. Yeah, it. or like jazz metal. That sort of stuff. But it just sounds, it doesn't quite hit for me. Uh, sure, but here, man. I- but th- That's like really say, nice. Oh, mate, again, there are elements that do. Yeah, but it doesn't all hang together. And it also sounds, just sounds a bit tinny to me. I, I, look, I understand what you're saying, right? I, I, I don't mind this one, right? Sure. And I think I, I quite like the your guns ain't no wicked, your bullets ain't no uh-huh. wicked. I quite like that little chorus which yeah. holds it together. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It's not a classic on the track, and it is very much. It sits in this kind of central space of this album mm-hmm. that you know I. I think is the thing that prevents this album from, you know, being the 100% nailed on classic that sure. it could be. Right, okay. Um, but, you know, I, of the four tracks in, that sit in the middle of it, this is probably one of the ones I like. The, I, I prefer. You do, right. I, I like that little guitar just kind of going for a little noodle there. Sure. I quite yeah. like the jammy thigh. It's... It's very much a definition of an album track. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said for me, this is like a five out of ten, which is not bad, but it's not great. But I do give it an extra point for the line, um, "They should have raised you better, you little, little bed wetter," yeah. which is, you know, again, just one of those thrown-in lines. Like, it's so out of place. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like you little bed wetter. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. But you know, it, if you, you know. If it's this or one touch one bounce or it's this or, or door, door game, game, I say you'd be. I'm taking this, fun. you know. Okay. Anyway, right. So let's do uh, track number ten. Track number ten. Okay. So that is called Peace. No. Mm-hmm. So okay, we've got a spacey, ethereal kind of pretty, and you know, by virtue of the bass, 
Dubby. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, it, it, it's very obviously, again, another of the Spiral Tribe, Osric Tentacles thing. Um, I, I have fond memories of this because it reminds me of other stuff, like you can even the chart stuff like The Beloved, right? And Opus 3 and those kind of early 90s dance ones, which I liked, I really enjoyed. Um, this is, to me, a nice, chill, uh, again, a step back and a sit down. And I know it comes across maybe a bit pure mudes at times, fine, but I do like this. Yeah, see, this is this is several stages to yoga mat for me. Fine, yeah, at, I get it, I get it. At, at, again, two minutes... Three minutes. Mm-hmm. I got you. Six minutes? No. Yeah, no, this is, this is nearly six minutes. So, and, but th- again, this surely is the band going, all right, Kirsten, what do you want to do? This, here's here's one for you. Well, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. And that comes back into my point where you go, you've got these personalities mm-hmm. at war with each other to some degree. Mm-hmm. And it's... The humours need to be aligned for it to work at its optimum. Right. And when there's so much of it at its best on this record, when it's not, it shows. I mean, I, I look at the middle of this record, and this is nearly six minutes long. Yes, you've got it is. Six minutes. You, you've got you know six minutes of door game. You've got you know I mean, if you want to include Peanut Head in that as well, it's you know five that's five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you've got nearly twenty, you know, fifteen twenty minutes worth of filler. Yeah. Sat in the middle of what was one of the paciest starts to a record I've ever had. Oh, entirely, yeah. And it's like, I understand wanting to change the mood, but, you know, this is, uh, for, for me, there's just too much of it in the middle. Sure, but I, I think this is what happens when you have seven people in the band and a five-year at least career of writing songs. Oh, no, and, I, I completely and you, understand. And you don't have someone who, go, who goes, no. Yeah, and this is and this is yeah. you know, obviously this album is a beautiful sentiment for collectivism. You know, so many yeah. of the lyrical themes around it yeah, are yeah. about that. About and I love those themes. I love you know that kind of you know the the, the idea of, of unity and collectivism and the shoeing government and you know kind of fucking corporations and all of mm-hmm, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All the things that we need to learn how to do yeah. to function better, right? So it's it, it's a. I understand that it's a little bit of a contradictory uh, criticism to include that in there. However, mm. from the, from the point musically. of view of, of how this album runs, how it was, how it's, how it's sitting the pantheon objectively, yeah. looking back on it, I think if you wipe, wipe that stuff out, you create something that is very, very, very difficult to argue with. And I think... I think there is sometimes there is a less is more mm-hmm. sentiment and if you remove these albums I think this record we wouldn't be having a conversation about this being a little bit of a lost classic we'd be talking about this being a record that everyone owns maybe so yeah maybe so because you know, it, oh, it would have found its audience over the time I do I, I agree that stuff like this would put some people off you know if you if it was on the background you would be up going, oh, what's this, what's this, what's this? And then you'd be like, oh, no, it's all right, I'll leave this. If you weren't into it, i get that for sure. And you would also have a record that wasn't double vinyl. Yeah. You know, Look, be, you and be... me know, man. You and me, we're at a music festival, 2023. Yeah. You walk into a tent, 
just to see what's going on. This is playing. We walk oh, out immediately. Absolutely straight away. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is, um, you know, yeah. It's each static doing prog rock, is it? No, no, pass. That massive solo. Yeah. Now, nah, fine. I, I, again, I don't mind it, but I wouldn't miss it. See I, see, I don't remember having any of these criticisms of this record at the time. Yeah. So I think I was a lot more open to that stuff. On a lot more drugs. Well, I mean, I wasn't a lot yeah. more drugs back then. I mean, fucking <laughs> these days, I mean, I'm not on any drugs at all. I'm not even allowed to take my ADHD medicine. God damn it's it. pain in the fucking balls. Fuck um, the government. Yeah, fuck the government. Anyway, so that's that. Nearly six sure. minutes long, right? Okay. So I'm like a little bit... So you get to that point, we're just on track 10. Yeah, so I'm that's like, track 10 of 13. So we're kind of towards the back end of it. But then... Mm-hmm. Track 11 is eject. <laughs> and my God. My good God. So look, this is the one that kicks off. So we start off, we've got this little kind of airy, lovely bit. Yeah. You know, again, in that world that we were just in a little bit. So I understand a bit of a transition there. But Pick slide. Fuck me. Quite simply, quite simply, one of the best rap rock songs of all time. Oh, easily. Right? Easily. Right? Hang on. And you can sue me for my practice. Yes. Oh, in my times, I shouted yeah. that line in, in my local club. Yeah. I can't believe I fucked that up. <laughs> anyway, but the fucking delivery of that man, these little fucking, these little triplets, the little way he puts us in, all of the lyrics in this song. The f- look, that that guitar. Fucking, yeah, that guitar's amazing. This ratchet punk rock snare, man. Oh, that like really, gorgeous. like you know. It's a it's a punk rock snare. It's really underproduced. The, the and it's beautiful. Yeah, but this bit when like when it's, that's just like yeah. pure punk. Like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, non-stop. Yeah, it's just like a hardcore break. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Kirsten doing a weird breathy sex noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So this was obviously the first one that both of us heard. Yeah. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. And yeah. Um, Hytham's just coming out of the gate fully formed. Mate, yeah. Bang. Just like wow. Who's that fucker? Uh, and I, I, I must admit, at the time, I, uh, you know, watching the video, and um, you just see see Kirsten coming in, doing that that stuff, and I fancied the pants off that nice. woman. Oh my god, I was like well into to this this fucking scary woman. Nice. Brilliant. Let your flow and let the colour fly. This fucking chorus is brilliant. And then listen, straight oh, in. This kicks off another notch up. Mate, this does not stop. It doesn't Mate. give up. For the first two verses, it does not fucking stop. Mate, it's just fucking in your face, pounding, just... I, I, I still feel every bit as strongly about this song now yeah. as I did when I first heard it 30 years ago. Yep. You know, heard this in a club, was like, what the fuck is this? I still hear it, I'm like, what? How good is this? Yeah. Yeah. Go! And it's definitely, if someone said to you, oh, I don't know Censor, uh, recommend me a song, it's always going to be this. Yeah, every time I'm going to say this. This is, as, as a calling card for a band, this is brilliant. All I check is, all I see is this. Conditioning! Again, I've yeah, said that line millions of times oh, in my man. life. I mean, some lyrics in this, man. I mean, like, you know, oh. come, come on the next word. Talk like a sitcom. Eat your whopper. I won't be Please. another happy shopper. Wonderful. That's Wonderful. one of the best. That's one of the most quintessentially. But that bit. 
don't pull the wool over my eyes, you wool puller. Look, we all run out of lyrics sometimes, right? And it's one of the best fucking lyrics on it. Oh, mate, if if I had the chance to go back in a time machine and change it, I would destroy that time machine because no way. Exactly. No way is that getting redone. Exactly, mate. Like... It's one of those things that it's like it's perfect in its imperfection. Oh, it's yeah, exactly. And it's so, I mean, it's so very English. It's very British, but it's very, very English. Eat your whopper. I, I won't be another, another happy shopper. shopper. And that again, quintessentially English. Oh yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. Walker Tate or any of the US people, if you're listening, Happy Shopper is a is, is a uh, was. Is, is it still? Oh, a, I don't know. I don't know. Was sure. a, it was. It was a. Sh- it was a shop. It was a brand of a shop. Yeah, and it was. A, it was a budget food brand. Budget. Yeah. Basically, there were there were a chain of wholesalers called Nerdin and Peacock. Oh God. And it was their. It was their. Uh, it was their kind of uh, their Tesco home value. Brand. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Happy shopper. So yeah, I won't be another happy shopper. That's why everyone's like, well, I won't be another happy shopper. We we get it. Oh mate. But but, I mean, but do you not think that? Track 11 is a weird place to bury this track. Oh, but hugely, hugely. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah. What is your view on this bit? I love this bit. Do you? I always thought that this could have been cut down. I, I thought there's a minute or so of oh, just no. this happening. Oh, I love this. Because it's, you're, you're just waiting. Oh, yes. You're waiting for the drop. Of course. Because you know it, you know, you, you, if you know the song, you know it's coming. But it should, well, no, it should be there. It could be there. It doesn't need to be yeah. like a minute of this. Yeah, now I remember dancing to this in clubs and going, oh yeah, I've got a minute of sort of treading water for waiting for it. Uh, I, I've, I've never had a problem with this bit. Right. And again, it could come in there. Yeah. No, oh, she's off again. Yeah. <laughs> she's off again. <laughs> you daft sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that's the, this I, I the only bit. I, I, I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And finally, here we go. One, two, three, four. Amazing. Here before me, all I check is all I see. Here before me, all I check is all I see. All I check is all I see is all I check is all I see is this. Condition in. What a fucking Amazing. tune. And then straight away. No, hold on. You said oh, you were going to ask me something from Cliff. Oh, no, 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 no. Cliff, what did Cliff say to me? That's a good question. About, you said eject. It was, um, um, what Cliff asked me and tell me this right because I didn't yeah. have an answer for it yeah. am I imagining it or when Sensors Eject first came out did it have a sample of For You by Prince in the intro it's not on the album version now I don't remember mm. either, because I swear there's an all of this and more sample in there I see I don't know off the top of my head I have the 12 inch there we can quickly play it and yeah, come back and answer yeah So, right, we've right. just gone away and put the 12-inch on. Yep. On Chris's, uh, one of Chris's uh, 1210s. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, yes, Cliff, you are right. There it is. is absolutely. Uh, well done, mate. Good fucking spot, because I never, ever picked up on that. Well, I knew there was a difference between the single version and the album version, but I thought it was more just like general production. I thought it, like the single was a bit rawer, a bit rougher, and uh, they re-recorded it for the album. But, no, that's definitely one of the main differences. Right at the very intro... Uh, there is a, there's a print sample on the, the original 12. Nicely done. Right, cool. Now we know. 
Uh, and I'll tell you what else, right? Uh, I read an interview with Haytham. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about just, you know, the album in general, but Eject specifically at that point. Big long quote I'm going to go through. I know I was really influenced by a British hip-hop group called Gunshot. I loved the syncopation of what they were doing. I just wanted to do something like that. I loved Gunshot and Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do my own thing. There were a few people like Silver Bullet doing that really fast hip-hop sound. We wanted to do it with guitars. I remember suggesting that kind of riff to Nick, who's the guitarist. Yeah. And literally, about 10 years later, my friend Maynard from Tool, which yeah. is like, that's a, that's a heavy name. Bang! Oh, I my my friend floor, Maynard from Tool said, oh yeah... I used to love Motley Crue. They were one of the first bands to do those riffs on the upstroke. Uh, and then he sang a Motley Crue song. Yeah. And Hytham was like, oh, I was like, fuck, Jesus, you're right. So yeah, Ejex is basically the riff from Livewire. Yeah. Um, I must have heard it and it got absorbed somewhere along the line. I do like that kind of glam stuff a lot more in retrospect. We used to laugh at all that stuff at the time. And now, well, Rat is a good band. Great songwriting. And I won't hear a bad word said about them. Nice. So there, there, there's a bit of an interview. And I was like, Fucking what? Motley Crue? And here, so here's Livewire by yeah. Motley Crue. And I can hear what he's saying, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly. But here's Livewire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, sure, it's, sure. I mean, it's, it's a kind of almost a generic rock riff at that point. But yeah, but I think he's talking about the way he's uh, picking it, yeah, though, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, indeed. There you go. So Motley Crue inspiring sensor reject. Fuck it, mate. There you go. Hello, it's Niall from The Zeros here, and I have one simple truth to tell you. If this time 30 years ago you were not at least once a week beating the shit out of each other to eject on a dance floor, you were going to the wrong discos. It was such an excoriating bolt of lightning of a tune. And looking back and thinking about how they were playing the video for that on the chart show. Essentially kids TV on a Saturday morning. And they're playing this absolutely mad, dark, heavy, anti-fascist, anti-capitalist anthem. Such a different time back then to now. So a lot was riding on that. We were all holding our breath to see did they have an album's worth in them. And oh my god, when they played Age of Panic and No Comply on The Naked City in the June of 94, I was like, okay, this is a band with a lot to say and a hell of a way to say it. It saddens me that music didn't keep going in that direction, that all too soon after that, the happy, clappy, Blairite era of Britpop completely knocked things like this out of the way. But as a an artifact, I think that album is timeless. I think the lyrics are just as important now as they were back then and the music sounds so fresh so good so yep you got a big big fan of that album here um keep doing what you're doing christian and dave thanks for having me on all right so no eject still fucking brilliant i think it's the consensus i mean uh, yeah i mean eject still, still wonderful yeah, I mean, absolutely fucking superb good good uh, right, so we're near the end, to be honest. That's, that's track 11. We've only got two left to go. Okay. Uh, track 12 is No Comply. Mm-hmm. And, and here comes the thrash. Well, yeah. Come on. And this was the double A side with the keys. Yeah, so, man, and I listened to this so much. Did you? I mean, I, yeah, I, went, I just bumped this because it was all I had, you know? Okay, sure. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. Is, uh, this is just a fucking blaze, man. That little just kind of... 
so well to be an idiot. I almost became every yep. word that you said. This is by far the shortest song. It's yep. two, two minutes forty. This is in and out. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like a straight ahead just metal song. I just think this is uh, an extraordinary genre ha- highlight. This track. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's fucking brilliant. This has got some of the best lyrics. I mean. Yeah. Just that fucking when I stand with a mug in my hand, I level the land. The fucking brilliant yeah. man. I mean, he's just he, he, when he's angry, he's fucking yeah. raging. I care nothing about your troops with your big black boots. Yeah, you know what I mean, when I mug in my hand, I level the land. Oh, because I'm in done that. Fucking, I love it, man. Your BMP, you ain't shit to me. Yeah. Proud mixed Britain, proud of my ancestry. Has it been a better lyric? That's wonderful. It's great. In a fucking hip hop track, it's fucking. Louis, so I don't give angry. a fuck about combat 18. 18. Why yeah. should I? And, it, and the whole thing's named after a skateboard trick. What? No comply? Yeah, no comply is a skate trick. Is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. All right. Uh, this is... They were very uh, publicly supportive of, you know, the Anti-Fascist League yeah. and that sort of stuff at the time. They were very behind all those things. Obviously they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably the most overt... Um, manifestation of that yeah. on the album it's because it's, it's punchy but it's nothing else but fuck the far right yeah yeah just fuck the far right and this is just as well that there's no far right comes around these days to... yeah exactly but this fucking little beat down into this fucking pace change and then finally, it's a paramilitary trivia. Don't scare me. <laughs> That's with a posse in them. So let them have the fucking the that posse. posse. Oh, yeah, that's okay. L- oh, yeah, I, I saw said a check. I can yeah. Buy, but yeah. Okay, right, okay. Fair enough. This is this is fucking brilliant. This is just a piece of me, this one. I say, you know, this Love is very it. much it. Because to me, this is definitely, if we're talking about just the single tracks or the five tracks yep. that were on singles, this is the weakest one of them for me. Not for me. But no, you're I very into I fucking love this track, lad. But the thing is, you got you got a caveat with the fact that I heard a Jex. I couldn't have a Jex. I didn't have a Jex. Mm. I had this. I see. Okay. And I fucking killed it. I, I listened to that. It just, you know, just set it up on repeat on my CD player, on my yeah. old Sanyo CD player. Nice. And I would just blast it over and over and over again. Fair. No, of course. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. So, look, last track on the album. Yep. We are at track number 13, and it's called Worth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is this is what's going to play us out. And I find this a very strange one. I look, man, the 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 fact that, that last track finished on that really hard, aggressive beat, back to track, back mm-hmm. back to track, that back. Boom. That's a hard stop. Yep. And they started this album so well. Uh huh. And for me, you finish it on that hard stop. This. Yeah. No. I, yeah. This is you know it's. It, it's dubbed with sample vocals telling, having a little conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely fine. It's yeah. it's dated itself, I think, quite badly. And I just do not understand why you put this at the end. No. Uh, this is the only uh, reasons I'm giving are exactly the same reasons as before. Like, somebody wanted to and nobody said no. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And so, you know... Because everyone gets a vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's great and it's amazing. Yeah. But sometimes the best decisions don't get made by committee. Well, quite. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, this is like lemon jelly, groove armada, or the orb. It's that mm-hmm. sort of chill out stuff. And yes, look, remember back then, 
chill out rooms were a thing in clubs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you people were making music almost specifically to be played in the chill out room of a house club. Mm-hmm. And this, I can see, probably got played in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it 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 kind of tails the album off in a very strange way for me. Yeah, no, from, I mean, for me, let's let's. Well, let's talk about the album. I mean, sure, we've got a lot. Right. We've got a lot of feedback, actually. But you're right. We did have uh, quite a few people uh, get in contact with us, so it seems to have definitely sparked a lot of memories with some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a couple of people coming to it sort of fresh-ish as well, which right, is as nice. Stephen Hill did. As Stephen Hill, yeah, th- indeed. Um, let's start with we got uh, Big Jim Tartan on Twitter. Uh, who hadn't heard this before, uh, but checked it out knowing that we were going to be doing the episode. And he said, fucking hell, this Sensor album, first half is absolutely ridiculous. Mixture of Curve, Science Era, Incubus, Urban Dance Squad, Suicidal Tendencies, but with an MC that has the delivery more like Chuck D. Mm -hmm. That's a a very, very good summation. That is. I am so chuffed that you'd like it. It's always, it's lovely to know that, you know, someone missed something at the time and has now gone, oh, I'll check it out because these guys say it's good. And it's like, oh, it is. Yeah, and it's it, and it's also good that um, that people can come back to it. Because sometimes when you're going back to something that you missed at the time, and I've talked about yeah. this with Grebo a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. It, you've you've missed your moment. If you're not yeah. there, you're not in the, the yeah. actual moment of it, it's kind of passed and something else has replaced yeah, it for absolutely. You. So I'm, I'm really, really glad. To, I'm so, so glad you got something out of it, mate. Indeed. Nice one, James. Stephen McDade. Yes, the right. soundtrack to a sunny, fun-filled end of my first year at uni when I should have been studying. One, two, three, four, five, from states of mind to what's going on, still excites. Slight wee dip in the middle before reject and no comply will lift you right back up again. Also, Dave, having uh, having already seen Helmet here in New Zealand in April, I'm finally going to catch quicksand when they uh, tour this way in December. Nice. Fucking, you are an absolute hero of mine, Stephen McDade. I mean, he also is added on there, I played this to the lads in the band recently on a road trip and they thought it was a brand new release. It's timeless. Perfect. Fucking there. You, that's wonderful, isn't it? We got um, Run KMC on Twitter. I love this album. One of those genre-defying albums that still sounds exciting and fresh nearly thirty years later. And I think it does. I think it genuinely does. Uh, yeah, there, there are bits we discussed that sound dated, and there were some bits I went that is pure nineteen ninety four, of yeah. course. But in general. I think so much of that still stands up. I, I agree completely. Uh, Mark Anderson at Chedinsky22. Great album. Absolutely rinsed it back in the day. Listened to it recently. And record, for the most part, still stands out. Shout out to Hytham and John's immense uh, Lodestar side project. Absolutely. He says definitely a lost classic. There Cannot agree with that. There you More. go. Definitely recommend give that a spin at some point. Fair play. Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd Wright. It's quality album. Not one that I actually listened to at the time, but I knew quite a few of the songs from them getting played in the clubs. Wasn't until much later I gave it to listen to and loved it. Almost got it. It took me so long. And yeah, no, of course, because why wouldn't you want to have had this in your life as long as possible? Absolutely, mate. A sensor band, uh, yeah. who they are. Uh, so it sounds great. <laughs> sounds great, Dave. Eh? Well done. Yeah. I'm I glad mean, you enjoyed it. Does, it. it does sound great, sensor <laughs> band. Well done. Phil Guffrey. Uh, I love the singles a lot, but somehow had never actually owned this album. Put it on this afternoon, and my word, it's good, except for the flute. Nobody outside of an orchestra needs a flute. Well, the Beastie Boys would disagree with you. Sure. And think, think, right, Phil is one of my oldest friends from school. I know Phil. He was in orchestras. <laughs> <laughs> I think that boy played a tuba or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, we're not having that from you then, Phil. <laughs> we, 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 you can't hide your woodwind past. Yeah, quite. Uh, Don Morrissey. Uh, love this album. The Key is a great single, but I think they're best when they go fucking mental, like on No Comply. I'm with so you, So he's Dom. in your camp. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. 
Sean O'Toole. Yes, oh, Sean actually sent me a video of this as well. Oh, uh, I used to love hearing Eject at our local alternative club. Fairly sure that's the only track I heard of theirs. I played Eject on Spotify this evening, and my four-year-old started dancing like a loon. Apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. Nice. That's he sent me a video of, of his... I, I know he's all Olive. Shout out to Olive. Uh, just dancing, and then Sean realising, because he's an old man like us, that he couldn't record and play music at the same time. <laughs> and him just going... I heard you uh, stopping dead in the tracks like what's happened and he goes the music stopped oh <laughs> it, it, sure, it, is a, it is a quality bit of kind of dadding that's so. wonderful well done mate um, Walker Tate our, our sole US listener I think um, he said I've never even heard of this uh, and I replied saying oh, I think it's going to be up your street and then he's just replied saying it's the only rap rock album I've heard with a flute so that's pretty cool yeah yeah there you yeah. go there you go Horsemeat UK, this album is incredible, and even though you can identify its influences, it very much sits on its own and is unique. Embarrassingly, it took me way too long to realise that his daddy wasn't literally in one sort of sitting, sitting in a box. There you go, Krista. <laughs> Someone else, okay. That's, a, that's another Good. one. That's another one in your camp. Fucking wicked. Ken, Nettleship. All right, Ken. Yeah, love this Ken. album. Definitely reminds me of sticky dance floors in Luton at club nights that were either called Switch or Eject. Ironically, yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's, it's very true. That was kind of where we both were on that. And then, yeah, we got a lovely email from Brad. Yes, mate. He's not on Twitter, so he sent us a full email. Earliest memory of the name is someone telling me they like the British Rage Against the Machine. Now, I like Rage. Uh, so did my older sister. Uh, the contrarian team, I f- we felt uh, compelled to seek out my own thing. So the idea of a British version piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm a sponge for other stuff like Pantera, Stereo MC, Shaman, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Massive Attack, Prodigy. And the relevance of those is by the time anyone finishes a first listen to Stacked Up, they should be well aware that British Rage is a description that doesn't ring true at all. They just happen to be political too. Instead, Stacked Up is this absolute melting pot of you dance hip-hop uh, and especially hip-hop with a uk accent which in 94 is still a novelty to most people these hard power riffs which are straight up metal band would love funky guitars and songs like peanut head that sound like they're on a softcore porn soundtrack these beautiful trippy electronic songs and lyrics that are on the whole somehow both of their time and still relevant now and i think that's a you know i think that's a pretty solid summation Absolutely. for it that, that's kind a of, lovely look at it. yeah I think you, again I think Bradders is more on your side when it comes to the uh, yeah he seems the, to be the, pretty okay with the dance ones the dancey bits I'm, I'm I'm less fan but yeah there we go well thank you thank you as always guys yeah, for man. everyone getting in contact big up to Cliff for giving us that excellent bit of trivia on, nicely uh, done Cliff Smogo yeah Smogo give him a shout check out his uh, his podcast Devil Times 5 uh, and yeah just got fucking nominated in the Independent Podcast Awards yeah he yeah, did, yeah, he did, he did. Yeah. I mean we should have probably entered ourselves we in probably that. should have done uh, you, I mean I've you too busy entering yourself there there we go yeah so look let's let's sum this album up i think we've right i mean i don't think it's gonna be any great surprise was you you're where, where are you at the i mean I, I yeah i'm so happy that i went back to it and still enjoyed it as much because in your head whenever we were going we're going to do this because it's a brilliant album there is a possibility that you're wrong you know there's a possibility you it's only yeah. rose tinted glasses and half of it is dog shit look i'm not going back to dog eat dogs all work kings anytime soon nah, do you know what I mean? yeah totally but no i th- i thoroughly enjoyed this and the high points are still as high as they ever were for yeah, me yeah absolutely look i i've gone back into this i still think in its current state it's a classic album yeah right yeah. i think some editing mm. i think what you've got in there is you've got arguably an 8 or 9 or even 10 track album that is bulletproof it's flawless it's, 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 yeah. it's undeniably perfect it's it's a it's an album of the year it's it's mm. something that goes in the pantheon that 
that whatever the critical appraisal of it is at the time it goes and transcends that a little bit of editing does that to this record i believe Uh, and and you're talking about one of the best albums of the 90s i do remember i was looking through um, some like old enemy charts end of year Mm -hmm. things and uh, i mean this was eject was both enemies and melody makers uh single of the year i think Mm -hmm. Uh, which is like, yeah, perfect, brilliant. But I was looking at the, you know, enemy's top 50 albums or something like that. And this was down maybe number 30-something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Hey, mate, 94 is a strong I mean, year. That's that's str- yeah. But some of the other shit, I think both M People albums were in there. Yeah, go fuck like, What? Fuck, seriously? Come yeah. on now. Yeah, so it, it was like, but no, this is, this, to me, this is one of the, the uh, yes, lost albums in the 90s, but mm-hmm. this is one of the great albums. Easily, I, I imagine... When we end up doing our albums in '94, it's going to be tough for me not to have this top ten. I I don't know what else is going to be in there because I've not thought about it yet. Yeah. But it's going to be tough for me not to. Oh, I would have thought so as well. Yeah. Uh, look, this is a brilliant album. It's an album that feels like it was, you know, I, I felt at the time it was written for me. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I did. Um, and you know, I I still feel that way now. But you know, I feel like I'm, I'm almost doing faint praise, and I'm not. I don't. I don't want to take away to from like the that, fact yeah. of how much i love this record yeah. i do i think it's i think it's fucking brilliant but i just i've just got that little kernel of just a little just cut these cut the tips off here it's not for me because we live in a modern age i can listen to whatever tracks i want yeah sure i'm just going if mm. if that had happened i just feel like it's cultural cachet would just be slightly different i've just mm. got this feeling that's the case but what the fuck do i know I'm well yeah. an old man now anyway guys thank you so much for joining us for this uh, self-indulgent trip through a brilliant album if you haven't listened to this record do go and check it out man if you know and if you like it's it or don't it. like it let us know it's uh, absolutely um, worth it we will be back uh i say next week a cu- couple of weeks whenever yeah, it we'll is give it a go. be a couple of weeks uh with with erasure and uh, I say, I say, I say. Uh, and I say, I say, I say it wrong every time. Erasure. Uh, there you go. I'm going to fuck that up. But guys, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast and facebook.com slash pclpodcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.